Easter continues in high fashion at St. John the 23rd. With the third Sunday of Easter. Oh, I thought you were going to say with bells and whistles. No. I can bring the whistles. The third Sunday of Easter. I'm trying to make a point. It's it's not the it's only the second Sunday after Easter, but the way the church counts it is the third Sunday of Easter because Easter goes on. You know, even in the first 50 seconds, you are offering nuggets of wisdom. That, that's a teacher, my friends. Uh, speaking of nuggets, <laughs> what are we eating while we have this podcast? I don't know. I'm feeling hungry today. I'm ready for lunch already. Welcome to the 23 Podcast, everyone. Michael here with Father Herb. It's good to be with you. We took a week off last week, just recuperating after Easter. And I had somebody come up to me Sunday after Mass because I uh, announced that we had a little technical difficulty with our uh-huh. video announcements. We did. And they came up and... This person said, oh, did you also have a technical difficulty with the podcast? The technical difficulty was we weren't here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took the week, well, I took a few days off, and I, I did my annual tour of the various wooded areas for spring flowers. Tour de Ohio. Actually, I went to Fowler Woods. I went to Gall Woods. Yeah. I went to Mohican State Park. I went to Malabar Farms. I went to another one that the name escapes me down in the Van Wert Lima area. Yeah. And I was, I made a, a grand tour. It's over four days. That's great. And I was coming back from Gall Woods, coming back from Archbold. And I had time to stop in Oak Openings, which is wonderful. One of and our just then spots. it started pouring down rain oh well that's not great when so it's i have to save that for another time that's okay oak openings is always a wonderful place uh to get to but anyway happy easter i hope you had a good week as well yeah we did we uh we just stayed home our kids were still in school so we had the back and forth of school pickup and drop off but other than that uh we stayed home and got a lot of stuff done around the house and it was nice just to relax a little bit so yeah, I thought you did that when you were playing uh, at Mass. Relax a little bit. I do. I'd kick up my feet and hang out. You know, just wait for your homily to end so we can get on with it. <laughs> hey, by, by the way, you can't see it behind the piano, but he, he's got a special chair. Uh, it's a lazy boy, and he yeah. does kick up his feet. <laughs> Flat screen TV. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, any reflections or thoughts looking back on Easter weekend and Holy Week? preceding that well i just had bible study for this morning this is tuesday and i asked the question how many people participated in holy thursday and good friday as well as easter yeah and most of the people at the bible studies said they have i was going to say and that's so i was a... asking the question about uh what's why do we do this and the answers were very good but it's basically it's all seamless it's all one account sure and finally somebody said it's just really good. You have to be there. You have to participate in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you don't just come in at the end. Practically, it was wonderful having people in the church again this year, which is Remember so silly. Remember last year, completely empty. Completely empty. Yeah. It was a, a, a good weekend all around. And um, thank you. Seriously, ver- thanks so much to everyone that makes that possible. Um, all the liturgical ministers, volunteers, people in the parking lot, people that helped to decorate the church, all of the musicians. The people who came and uh, were very gentle in the parking lot so that they didn't run over somebody else. Sure. If they were leaving one mass and people were coming in for the next mass, I, I've been told people were very kind. Good, good. Yeah, it takes lots and lots of people to make it happen. So we are 
we are grateful that in this community, we have so many people that are committed to the mission of what we do. Okay. Let me say a few words about the reading today. There's a, there, there it is. We segued. We, that was not even a segue. That was an abrupt change. It was. It was. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the first Sunday of Easter, of course, we had two weeks ago. That's Easter Sunday. The second week is always the story from John's Gospel, mm-hmm. where the apostles were in the locked room, and Thomas was not with them. But a week later, Thomas is with them. That's that's always the second week. Yeah. The fourth week is always Good Shepherd Sunday. That's next week. So so we are now in the third week, and the third week varies from year to year. So this is kind of like this is the the uh, the part that makes the difference for from year to year. Well, I'm looking at the beginning of the gospel because I haven't looked at it much prior to starting the podcast today, and I'm noticing we're starting after a great story that everyone... The, the Road to Emmaus. Yeah, yeah, we're coming in after that story. Yeah. The, the Road to Emmaus is the famous passage from chapter 24 of Luke's gospel. That's where the two disciples are walking to the town Emmaus on that first day of the week, Again, the first day of the week, when they say that, that means Easter Sunday. Yeah. That first day of the week. They were chewing on some jelly beans. They were they were on the... <laughs> the <laughs> you, are, you are dangerous. There's an image you'll never take, forget. Take his coffee away. Okay, so they, they were on the road, and Jesus joins them. And it's that whole passage where they are really upset, and Jesus tries to explain that all these things happen to fulfill the scriptures. And then they finally recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread. Yeah. That is the passage that has just taken place. So this Sunday, also chapter 24, starting at verse 35, is where it picks up after that. So let us read the gospel. It's kind of long. So I will read the first part, and you're going to read the second part. Okay. The two disciples recounted what had taken place on the way and how Jesus was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they're still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. He took it and ate it in front of them. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And that very last line you are witnesses of these things, is also used in the first reading this Sunday, which is from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3. So it's very early. And Mm -hmm. Peter is giving a speech, and he's saying uh, how Jesus 
was put to death and he rose again. Mm-hmm. And he says, we are witnesses of these things. So the, 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 the whole image of being a witness can is I get primary. A wit- can I get a witness? We're gonna, can we use that line this weekend? Can I do what? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? You've never heard that line before? No. Usually that's like in, done in like maybe Pentecostal or Baptist churches. Like, can I get a witness? Can anybody like testify to this truth that I'm speaking? Okay, the word testify or testimony is yeah. connected with the word witness. Yeah. You know another word that is connected with witness? No, but I bet you're going to tell me. Uh, the Greek word martyr. Really? A person who's a martyr is a witness, a oh. witness to their faith. Sure, sure. N- not the traditional witness we would think of, though. No. Have you ever been a witness, like in a court case? Have I ever been a witness in a court case? You would remember if you had been. No, I don't think so. No. I haven't. Okay. I, the closest to court I've come is jury duty, and they, they said, we don't want you. So yeah. out I went. I was I was a witness once. You were? I don't think I was very good. No. <laughs> it was it was so hard uh, to remember everything. I, I was I was really quite worried that I would not say it accurately. Yeah, and I I could I couldn't remember the details that they wanted, and I wanted to give a little background. I wanted to say, well, I already knew this person. I could see you. And, like- and the and the judge said, no, you can't give history. You just talk about. Talk about what was going on. The judge said, Mr. Weber, this is not a homily. We don't need the background, <laughs> we don't need the background story. Yeah. I wanted to give background story. <laughs> I'm more of a historian than a witness. Right. But anyway, but we are witnesses of this. That's basically where this ends. Now, I don't know about you, because you grew up in a far different era than I did. Yes. But when I was a kid in religion class, I heard over and over again, we don't have to talk about our faith. We don't have to be preachy. But we have to lead by example. Sure. That was the phrase that was used over and over again. Consequently, I think a whole lot of Catholics are still reticent to talk about their faith. Not good. Can, why don't you clarify that a little bit? Yeah. I, I don't think they're reluctant to talk about their church they go to. Sure. I, don't, oh, I go to St. John the 23rd. I don't think they're hesitant about talking about the pastor they they just got or the one that just left. Sure. I don't think that they have any problem talking about some parish issues, you know, like we have to get a new parking lot or any of that stuff. Sure. But I'm talking about personal faith. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about it. And right now, I believe we're in a different era. We have to learn how to articulate our faith. And by articulate, I mean we have to be able to put words to it. Maybe that's why I like the disciple groups or even retreats because it challenges us to be more than just observers. It challenges us also to go beyond just our head. Yeah. You know, we don't need another discussion group. What we need is somebody to share how the faith affects them. And then again, unfortunately, people jump to the other end and then they do become preachy and say, well, you know, are you saved? You know, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, it's more like, what helps you get through the day? How, how do you make sense out of some of the, the evils of the world where innocent people are, uh, are taken advantage of or killed or something like that? Uh, you know, where does faith come in? Yeah. And Another way of putting it is, where do we see the risen Lord? 
you know, because if Jesus rose from the dead, that means he's still alive. And I think that's why I like the, the, the one song, you know, he's alive. I can face tomorrow because he lives. Oh yeah. Uh, the idea is it's not just, he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead and continues to live and he's living in our midst. And that is what I have to give witness to. It might be by action. It might be by, uh, my choices to be a just person and not just worry about myself. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we also have to be able to talk about it. We have to be able to say, I made this choice. You know, uh, I made this choice of what I was going to do with some of that, that money that I got from the government in that check be, uh, when I didn't really personally need it, but I know other people did need it. Sure. By the way, there have been parishioners who have given me some of the checks that they've received and asked me to uh, use them for people in need. That's great. But they've done it anonymously. Uh, but I think, again, if it came to it, it's not like we try to pat ourselves on the back or brag about things so much as to say uh, we have to own up to the fact that we're trying to put faith into action. You know, I think sometimes it's too more that we're good at talking about things that are concrete. So I go to this church. This church is located in this place. Uh, we're putting in a new parking lot, which we're not, by the way. I no, just no, that we, we, we are parking lot to, to, to death, to death. Yeah. And uh, to resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it comes to the more abstract things, I, that's harder to get into. And those are the harder things just to drum up in, in and, quick and conversation. E and even if we don't have to talk about this to anybody else, we have to talk about it to ourselves. Yeah. The, the whole notion of being a journal keeper is one that allows us to take some of these thoughts, reflect on them, and put them on paper. Sure. If, if we never do that, we are missing uh, the opportunity to really be reflective of what's going on in our lives. Are you still a pretty regular journal keeper? I'm not a regular one. I'm a ir very irregular <laughs> journal. I, I, I do keep journals at times, but yeah. a big part of it is I, I write... Uh, I write lots of notes in different ways. Sometimes it's midweek meditation, but sometimes it's it's also uh, comes up in homily ideas, sometimes weekday homilies. Sometimes right. I just jot things down because they strike my fancy. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, it's not like a diary, what I did today. It's more <laughs> like uh, maybe some experience I had today. Dear diary, today I recorded the 23 podcast. Number 194. 94. And it was the best 23 minutes of my day. Because I got to spend them with Michael and those six other people that listen. I don't know why we have to talk like this when we write in our diary. That's the way you talk. I don't talk when I... But let me go back to the gospel. I'm sorry, folks, if you're listening to Michael's diary. But uh, I just want to point out a few really interesting things. This is Luke. Keep this in mind. This is Luke. Last week we had John. Luke and John did not necessarily pay attention to each other's gospel. Uh, John's gospel was written much later yeah. in a whole different setting. Kind of like you and me at Mass. We don't really pay attention to each other all that well, much. Well, we do all the time. <laughs> people, people are amazed how often uh, the, the songs and the readings match. Yeah, I was just kidding. I And oh. I can't ever start the opening song until you're ready to walk down the aisle. I at least. Oh, wait. I think you did already. Be I, I, there, okay, there was one moment last weekend. There was one weekend. time when you, you were already up to the Gloria and I was still getting vested. You were chit-chatting and I was like, we got to <laughs> yeah. get this party started. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so the... 
I already talked about the, the disciples returning from Emmaus and Jesus recognizing the breaking of the bread. Yeah. But this whole thing about Jesus appearing to them, peace be with you. Last week we had Jesus appearing to them in the locked room, yes. starting by saying, peace with you, be with you. Mm -hmm. That was John's gospel. This is Luke. Uh, in Luke, they're, they're terrified. In John's gospel, they're not exactly at ease. They're kind of concerned as well. Uh, he, Jesus in uh, Luke's gospel says, look at my hands and feet. In John's gospel, it's Thomas who says, I won't believe till I see his hands and feet and mm. put my hand into his side. Yeah. Um, and then this whole thing about uh, give me something to eat. Now he's speaking my language. Uh, baked fish. That not so much. Well, it's not deep fried. It's baked, <laughs> baked fish, so it's healthy. Yeah. But in John's gospel, this is Luke, of course. In John's gospel, there's that other place where I call it breakfast on the beach, yeah. where the apostles were out uh, fishing, right. but they're back in Galilee, and they s see Jesus on the shore, and he's got a fire going. He's already got some fish, and then he says, bring some more fish, and they had breakfast on the beach. I love that. And it goes into the Simon, son of John, do you love do me? Do you love me? Yeah. Uh, three times, yes. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Uh, tend my sheep yeah and it, it's one of those wonderful wonderful passages but that's John and this is Luke so so in other words they weren't necessarily copying from each other but they have the same motifs in other words they were both familiar with the same images of the of the appearance stories after the resurrection mm. and and then the part that Michael read uh, is where it basically becomes a teaching it says, Jesus said, then open their minds to understand the scriptures. And thus it is written that the Christ would suffer. The same thing he said on the road to Emmaus, that the suffer, he would suffer, but then rise on the third day. And I love this. And it says, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. Mm. And I think of this as, you throw the pebble into the water and the ripples come out and pretty much it affects all the water. And that last line, you are witnesses of all these things. This gospel is one of those that pulls all kinds of things together. It takes images found in different parts of the resurrection accounts, puts them all together in one place. You know, as it talks here about you know him opening their minds to the scriptures, I can, I can almost see if, and if I close my eyes, them just glued to what he's saying, right? He's the ultimate teacher, always being able to share and teach. And even after the resurrection, here he is teaching them, and they're just glued to what he's saying because they probably have knowledge of of the scripture, right? And how they have, they probably had pretty good knowledge of the scripture, but he had to teach them, and how it was pointing to who he was and who he is and what happened. Right. And so it's like he's he's taking all of this, all of these events, all of these little tidbits they've experienced over the last few years. And now it's all coming. Full well, circle. it's about passive information and active information. They had the passive information and he's activating it. And basically saying, OK, now pull this all together. And I think with the power of the Holy Spirit, it's even more so. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit uh, descends upon them. They are. They become so aware that, oh, these were the words. Mm. This now it makes sense. It's it's like it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had that where maybe even uh, in music it's it's 
I don't know enough about music, but uh, other things where you suddenly start piecing things together. Oh, this, I studied this and I studied that, and now suddenly it all makes sense. This really is the way to do it. Sure. Well, I think in, you know, as you learn the fundamentals of music from a, a very beginner level to maybe a little more intermediate to advanced as you kind of take lessons growing up, it all builds upon one another, right? You don't forget what you learned at the beginning. You use in college the things that you learned when you were eight to get started. Um, they're they're equally important. You're just getting uh, more adva advanced in what you're able to do. But every so that. often you have to go back to the basics. Yeah, 100%. Actually, that's honestly why I think sometimes our disciple groups are so successful is because it just gets you back to the basics of... of who is Jesus? Why is that important in my life? And how can I share that with other people? To be a witness. Yeah. We're back where we started. Yeah. We're Look done. It. All right. We're well, done. Well, Our 23 <laughs> minutes are not even up yet. We're done. Let's just call it quits. You know, I, I think sometimes people would say, well, it was easy to call the apostles or the disciples witnesses because they literally were there. It may be harder to understand or to, to conceive how we are still witnesses today to the same part of the story. But that's, again, why we liturgically celebrate. We have to be there. Yeah. We have to be at the cross, at the foot of the cross. We have to be at the Last Supper. We have to be at the empty tomb. We have to be on the road to Emmaus. We have to be in that locked room. Uh, I mean, not just figuratively, but in a very real sense. That's what liturgy does. It puts you there. And every time we celebrate Mass... That's exactly what we do. Yes. All right, friends. Now our 23 minutes really are up. Isn't that great the way we filled the time? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you back here next week for the next episode of the 23 Podcast. Amen. <laughs>